Today is Wednesday, September 6th. The title for our devotional is Thoughts on Worship. Today we're hearing from Kurt and Karen Schmidt. As John has been leading us through the Worthy Campaign, we have looked at how, at its core, worship is how we recognize and acknowledge the worth of someone or something. Some have defined worship as the recognition of worth-ship. As we talked about it, Karen recounted how our most frequent worship of God is in response to gratitude for good things. Gratitude for answered prayers, gratitude for material, physical, relational, or mental blessings. Gratitude for beauty in sight or sound that lifts our spirit or leaves us in awe. Gratitude for common grace. Gratitude in response to blessing is easy, so worship in response to gratitude is easy and the proper response. What happens when things aren't good? Prayer seems unanswered. Disappointments happen. Depression happens. Health and faculties decline. Loved ones pass. Injustice and evil happen on small and large scales. Creation rages in destructive ways that the insurance industry calls acts of God. Gratitude now is anything but natural and easy, so it is difficult for most to worship. We are prone to focus on, maybe even disparage, the God who did not deliver, protect, or heal. But this does not mean that gratitude and worship are not still the correct, in fact proper, response. It is just that to be grateful and worship here, we must focus not on the event, but on the character of God and the contingent promises of our relationship with him as a professing Christian. Who does not know Romans 8.28? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Karen is much quicker than I am to see and worship here. She She usually expects and looks for the good that will come out of things that on the surface are not good. Her hope is rewarded when she gets to see some of the promised good more often than I do. I suspect her attitude of worship is the reason. That said, in a very bad or horrific circumstances, Romans 8.28 is a difficult sentence to preach to ourselves. Much more so to the grieving widow or the parent who has lost a child. But it is still scripture and still true for the believer, even when, even in the worst possible situation. It is not meant to lessen the sadness, loss, or grief but to give hope in the midst of it. And with this hope, we are not to despair, but instead to worship God for his character and promises. This led us to consider a third category, which is worship irrespective of what God does for us and irrespective of our relationship to him. This means worshiping God because he simply is and is worthy. God told Moses in Exodus 3:14 that I am who I am. In all the complexity of his eternal, triune, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, all-sovereign, all-purposeful, perfect, just, loving, infinite, holy nature, God simply is. And he is as he says he is. And this alone makes him worthy of worship, regardless of anything we may think or feel about him, or anything he has or has not done, will or will not do, for any person saved or unsaved, or any part of his creation. How does this last reason for worship strike you? Right on? Way off? Unsure? Unconvinced? Important? Unimportant? It seems an idea of great value to explore, since a better understanding of how we see God and ourselves in relation to Him appears central in worship. We have a friend who has a little diagnostic test that I find revealing here. It goes like this. For a moment, imagine that everything the Bible says about God's character and our fallen nature is still true, but that He will save no one. Can you? Would you still worship this God? In other words, setting aside a whole lot of plain and clearly settled theology, how much of your worship of him is based on what he does for you and the promises he has made to you, as opposed to just who and what he is, 
in his nature and essence, which as Isaiah 6.3 declares is holy, holy, holy. I know enough of his revealed existence and character and of my revealed nature apart from the hope Jesus offers that I can say with certainty, yes, I can, could, and would still worship that God. He is holy and I am not. His way is just, perfect, and right. So we bend the knee and with lifted hands, hearts, and voices worship him first and foremost because he is a holy God.